0: Well, I guess the best way to start this all off would be to go ahead and introduce myself. I am Colton Jolly, uh, aka the wannabe psychologist, and I guess uh, I'll go ahead and uh, kind of break down my past and my passion and what the deal is with that. So I would say that my first encounters with psychology were when I was extremely little. I was very much introverted. I was very antisocial in a lot of ways. I, I had a lot of fear of rejection and I had really bad communication skills and self esteem issues, so naturally, I basically what I did was I observed the other kids. Um, I you know I, I figured since I couldn't really communicate with them, I figured that uh, I could observe and learn from them, and I kind of ended up doing that for most most of my life. Um, that's really my introduction to psychology. Um, Then when I was around probably 14 years old, I got sent to Wilderness Camp and it was an intensive psychological treatment facility that was based in the wilderness. And you know what, Uh, a lot of that was, it was very interesting, it was very interesting in a sense of, it it was interesting to know how much I could learn from these therapists. There was four therapists there. And they were all very intelligent. Um, I personally don't agree with the approach of that facility, but that's neither here nor there. But so I stayed there for around on and off for two years. So around two years of cognitive learning about the brain and how therapists work and all these things and watching them interact with the kids and watching them analyze these kids and trying to figure things out. And that's when I really started to understand that – that I, I kind of that, that was the kind of the way that my thought process worked. I mean it it just uh it, it just clicked. It just clicked for me. Um and I kinda knew that that's what I was good at. I never really felt like I was good at anything. Realistically I had some minor things where I felt like I was good at stuff, but uh no, not really. That's it's just something that kind of clicked with me. And uh so with that being said, you know, after I got out of wilderness camp my mind kind of immediately became infatuated with psychology and it wasn't really until later to where I started to actually read research and, you know, a lot of the basis of the stuff that I was learning until I was probably around 18 or 19, uh, was both mostly just analyzing human behavior and, uh, just, you know, really just strictly observation-based, uh, experiences. Then when I was around 19, I went to Menninger's Clinic, which is, a it's like a, I don't know how to explain it. It's a treatment facility. I was going through a time of taking a lot of Xanax, so I I went out there and I was looking at some court stuff. But uh, I went out there and I met uh, I met a really interesting uh, psychologist. it was a little Indian woman. Um, I forgot her name honestly, but uh, she did something that uh really I appreciated. Uh she gave me a diagnostic statistic manual, the edition four, because the edition five have just come out and I was looking at it and I just infatuated with it and she offered it to me. And that's where it really started to really kick off is I would, I went through, I spent most of my time there going through the book, um, researching, putting uh, stickies there, stickies here, blah, 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 just trying to gather as much information as I could find because I just knew at that point I was infatuated with it. And... uh, you know the biggest mistake that i probably have made is not going to school for it um so with that being said you know that's why i call myself the wannabe psychologist cuz i'm not licensed i don't i'm not i don't have a degree this is all strictly my opinion it's all I, there's times i could be wrong there's a lot of topics that's going to be really complex and really hard to uh wrap your head around, especially someone like me. Hopefully, uh, along the lines of this podcast, I can actually get someone who knows what they're talking about uh, in here and have a good conversation with them. But uh, yeah, that's the intro to basically what I'm talking about, the everyday nerd just sitting here talking shit about psychologists, not talking shit about psychologists, but psychology, just talking about ideas, theories, philosophy, anything and everything that is based around it. I'm open-minded to that conversation. Um, so yeah, that's the approach, uh, right, the, the equipment that I do use will basically be the internet and the DSM edition 4, and I do have some stuff that has, uh, analysis of the physical brain, which maybe we could go into, but, um, yeah, that's really, that's really, that's really the intro, um, let's hop into it, and maybe we can hop into something real quick here. Um, trying to keep this episode short. Um, see what I can do with it since it's my first. I guess let me look on my phone and see what these topics are. All right, let's see here. All right, so, all right. I guess we'll. I guess we will start with. Uh, I think we'll go ahead and start with probably something that's relatively simple. Uh, anxiety. Um, anxiety has affected me in a lot, a lot of ways. The last two years were filled with, uh, panic disorders and so on and so forth and blah, blah, blah. But I think the biggest misconception about anxiety is the fact that people can help it. Um, anxiety is a lot of times on a spectrum. So there can be very severe anxiety and then there can be, uh, really minor anxiety to a point where people don't even really notice they have it. But, uh... A big thing that I learned along the line is, is that anxiety is basically nature's response for defense. So basically, anxiety raises our heart rate. We have chest pains. Our chest tighten up to protect our heart. We feel tempted to protect our neck and our vulnerabilities. Um, so basically, I think it comes out of the limbic system in the brain. It's basically our, our fight, flight, or freeze kind of come into play and it causes physical symptoms which can be as radical as somebody feeling like they've had a heart attack or a stroke, or they're having a seizure, or it can even cause like intense, severe anxiety can lead to neurological disorders, like seizures, and so on and so forth. So a lot of people are along the lines of, okay, well, that's obvious. Anxiety is a huge problem. So how do we solve that problem? It is probably one of the most complex problems to solve, because of simply our attitude towards it right now is not the way of getting it done. Getting it, it, because right now the only thing that really doctors and psychiatrists prescribe is SSRIs, which is serotonin receptor drugs and benzodiazepines, which is Xanax, uh, Klonopin, Valium, all that stuff, which everybody knows who has a brain is those benzos are extremely abusable when somebody with anxiety and they finally have a, a moment of relief from anxiety, it's very easy to get hooked on those. As, some, as somebody who has been hooked on those before for anxiety purposes, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not something that uh, that, I, that I think is a good idea. I think we should kind of take a completely different approach. Um, a, a ketamine, I've done, for anxiety, I've done all kinds of treatments. I've done hyperbaric treatments. I've done a CBT, ther- CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I've done uh, neurotraining, I've, I've done the whole nine yards. The one uh, thing that I will say, they all helped, I even tried hypnotism and honestly that was kind of crazy, but the one thing that really did help was uh, ketamine treatments. Um, I, had, I was at a doctor's office and I read that uh, there was like a pamphlet there for ketamine and I was like oh, I thought that was a horse tranquilizer or a psychedelic that people get high on. I didn't know there was medical value in it, besides of course being a horse tranquilizer. And uh, so I look into it and I was, it was basically the approach that I'd kind of come up with and a lot of people, this is not my theory. I thought it was my theory for the longest, but uh, the, the idea of using psychedelics to help mental illness. There is some science behind it. Um, I'm not completely fully aware of the total science behind it, but I am aware that it has something to do with glutamate and. Producing glutamate in your brain can naturally produce more serotonin something along those lines So I did probably six sessions and Before that I was an extreme nervous wreck. I was extremely anxious about a lot of things um, Very scared very uh, humiliated because I was scared just a just a ball of emotions And when I started taking these uh, when I'm not ta- when I started doing these treatments, I noticed a big big difference in a uh, one, the, the severity of my anxiety. Because I, to me, it's more about the spiritual experience of doing ketamine than the actual science behind it because I'm pretty sure there's science behind it. Well, there is science behind it, but uh, to me, it, it really, it takes, it allows you to remove yourself from your skin. It removes you from your skin and you kinda just, you, your meat, your, your body that's full of meat just kinda gets peeled back and your soul kinda opens out. And you really can be vulnerable with yourself which, you know, being vulnerable in it with yourself is probably one of the most terrifying things that people can do. It, it, honestly, I would say it's more do- terrifying to be vulnerable with yourself than to be vulnerable with other people. And a lot of people would say I'm wrong for that, but I, that's my experience. But, uh, you know, it allowed me to basically, it allowed me to really just look at, look at, this is like, it allowed me to look at who I was. This is who I am. This is what I like about me. This is what I don't like. If I don't like it, how do I change it? How do I fix it? Do I need to fix it? Am I just being self-conscious? Do I, am I blah, 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 blah? Does my, my, does my past affect me now? Does my, am I afraid of my future? And what are my fears? Let me face these fears. It allows you to really just dive right into the work, man. I mean, it, it dives right into the work. And it, it, it kind of gives you a jump start. And a lot of people are like, well, using drugs isn't the way to do it. No, you're absolutely right. But ca- psychedelics and drugs, they're technically drugs, but they work differently. If you can use a psychedelic as a constructive sub- a substance instead of a uh, regressive substance like heroin or meth or anything like that, things that legitimately destroy your body, you can learn from it. You can learn more about yourself. You can develop a better sense of self with the psychedelics, or even sometimes with marijuana. Now, marijuana can be abused too. Don't get me twisted on that. But when you take psychedelics, one, if you abuse them too much, it's not going to be fun anymore. It's not really something that is like you can really get hooked on. I mean, you can, but like the idea of it just doesn't really make sense because as somebody that in my teen years did a lot of psychedelics, never really got addicted to them just because... After like three days of doing it, I'd be like my brain needs a fucking break I, my brain is mush I don't even know what I'm thinking right now. So no I definitely think there's some uh, a good a good uh, a good new way of looking into mental health issues um, with that and I'm really eager to, to see the, the research that kind of comes along in the next 10 years because obviously they're going to need time to do some research. But right now they've approved a nasal spray, which I've heard some controversial things. I think a lot of people kind of do it for economics just because a lot of people can't afford the full-blown transfusion. So they'll give them some nasal spray to kind of help keep business going. But uh, no, my opinion on ketamine in general is, is that it can be very, very, very constructive. And I think it could be more promising than SSRIs or benzodiazepines. Well, all right. I'm not going to do this episode for very long just because I want to write more and figure more out of what I'm going to say. So this is basically just an intro and just giving my one opinion on one thing. And this is the wannabe psychologist and everything is going to be set up pretty quickly. Um, This is something that I'm going to do, you know, killing time with quarantine and You know what I'm saying? Just trying to figure my shit out. This is the wannabe psychologist signing off.